Turn, if you would, to Psalm 48. Are we rejoicing to be here today? Yes. Psalm 48 is about the church in the Old Testament, and we have something much greater today, much greater in knowledge and everything. And I'd like to just read... First, before I get into that, uh, from Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul has these words. He says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, yes. in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple of the Lord, yes. in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And in the year 2000, here in Greenville, we are the household of God. And Psalm 48 is about the beauty of Zion is where you know the Lord chose to dwell. He dwells in each of our hearts, uh, and just the concept that God would dwell with man yes. is, is just unbelievable. Yes, right. You know, He's described as the one who inhabits eternity. He's from everlasting to everlasting, and yet He specifically has places He has chosen to have a special dwelling. And that's not only within our hearts, but in a local congregation like this, just like he did in, in, uh, in Zion. Yes. I'll read Psalm 48. Great is the Lord, Amen. and greatly to be praised, yes. in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Yes. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth yes. is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Amen. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Yes. For lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together, they saw it, and so they marveled. Yes. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever. Yes. Selah. Amen. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Amen. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad. Because of thy judgments, walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Amen. There is just a whole lot in this psalm, though it's short, I just want to bring out a few things. I don't want to elaborate on everything. Just some things that, that the Lord impressed on my heart. Amen. The very first, first 
part of a sentence, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the mountain of his, hol- in the mountain of his holiness. <clears throat> God is the true and living God. There's nothing like him. There's nothing comparable to him. And yet he's, he's determined to dwell within Zion. Yes. And Zion in the New Testament is right where we, we are today. Amen. We're very thankful for it. And in this particular place, the praise that's supposed to come to this Lord is great. Because he is great, that requires and demands great praise. Yes, There's nothing like it. And as I thought about this, I, you know, bring it down to a personal basis. How do we praise God? We praise Him with our lips. We praise Him with our thoughts, with our mind. But in this particular place, it's it's praise in the city of our God, in the church. Yes. You know, if everybody, I ask myself, if everybody sang as loud as I would, how loud would congregational singing be? If everybody praised the Lord, and, and everybody needs to ask themselves these same questions, if everybody praised the Lord as often, as loud, as fervently, as passionately as I do, how much praise would there be within the church of God? If we, if we spoke about the Lord and his kindnesses to us, as is mentioned later in the, in the chapter, how often and how great would that praise be? Something we need to ask ourselves, because that's what we're supposed to be doing here to make this a beautiful place like it was described here when, when Israel was living faithful to God. You know, everything about the nation of, or about the city of Jerusalem, of Mount Zion was beautiful. Uh, it was considered to be the joy of the whole earth. Unfortunately, when Israel was not obeying God, the prophet Jeremiah lamented, thinking back, you know, looking at, at Jerusalem laying in ruin, thinking that, you know, as men passed by, now they said, you know, they shook their heads and they said, this was the perfection of beauty as it lay in rubble. You know, this was the joy of the whole earth. Yes. It was actually called that. And if you think back to when the Queen of Sheba heard some things about Jerusalem, she came and she saw, and it was it was not. She said the half was not told under her. Uh, that's that's what Jerusalem had been like, and what it should be like even to, even today. Yes. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Yes. And the next several verses, you know, just goes on to explain you know, how great of a city it was. Uh, you know, great kings came, you know, they saw it, they marveled, and yet they walked away in fear because of, of, of the great city that it was, because, you know, not because of the people, not because of the bulwarks, but because of the great God that dwelled in that city. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. We can read in the Word of God and hear the preaching about God, and we can know it by faith. You know, God is great. His praise is, he's great to be, he's, his praise should be great, and he's worthy of it. Right. One of the things that is, is mentioned later in verse 9, it says, We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. That's one of the things that we're supposed to be doing within the midst of this temple is thinking about all of his goodness to us. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise. Again, it's just repeated. Because God is such a great God, our praise should be according to that greatness. What are the results 
of what we see in, in, in Zion, its beauty, what is the result should, that should cause us. In verse 11 it says, Let Zion rejoice, yes. let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. You know, you think about Miriam and the women of Judah as they rejoiced over the dead bodies that the Lord had delivered them from by the Red Sea, drowning the Pharaoh's armies. You know, the rejoicing that we have because of the things that the Lord has done for us that we know of in the New Testament, the death of his son. Yes. You know, we have the perfect, the perfect sacrifice. We know of that. We know his name. And our praise should be more glorious than anything that ever, ever came out of the Old Testament. Amen. Another result should be to walk about Zion and go around about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. The church is just is a fantastic thing. What we know from the Word of God about it is something that we should mark well. You know, our brother Rollin this morning mentioned a prayer list. Uh, each individual in the church is are, are part of the pillars of the church. We're supposed to consider one another. We're supposed to mark well the bulwarks, all the doctrines. You know, the things that we have that, that Jonathan has taught us. Uh, one of the things that brought to mind is is the the phrase has has passed my mind the uh, the landmarks of the church. What are those? What are each one of those? If we don't know them, if we don't know them well, if we haven't marked them in our own mind, how can we describe them? How can we pass them on to our children? Uh, how will the church of God continue if we are not? marking well and considering all these things that they might be passed on to the generation to come. The last verse uh, you could preach forever on. Jonathan spent several sermons preaching about knowing God. Consider verse 14, for this God, just consider that phrase itself, this God, the one that was just described, the one that's described throughout the psalm by, by, by the psalmist David, He's an unbelievable God. He created everything just by his spoken word. For this God is our God. It's very personal. As a New Testament church, he's our God. We should fortify this place. It should be a place where each member can come and be fortified. It's an incredibly, just an incredible blessing that we have been given. Yes, right. We have... People that have heard about us, heard about the Church of God throughout this world, you know, through the outreach that we have through the website. They desire a place like this and they don't have it. How much more should we who are here thank and rejoice in what we have? For this God is our God. Forever and ever. Amen. It's not something that's going to end. You know, as we read in, in Psalm 48, Zion was leveled to ground twice, and it, it's no longer here. There are a lot of churches throughout the New Testament, they're no longer here. True. You know, how long will we be here? You know, God will be here forever. He said, you know, the Lord will not allow his kingdom to fall. 
You know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But as for our local church, you know, what are we doing yeah. to fortify, to build it up, to mark all those things that we need to know to pass on to our children yes. and to the next generation? If we're faithful to him, it's, he will be our guide even unto death. Amen. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Amen.